Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for our third hour. We've got Rock Daniels joining us for this hour. Missy Clifton sitting in. I feel like I'm seeing shades of orange listening to this song, Tom Dupree. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Well, Rock's been on this show three times, twice, three. Okay, I always, I think I played Rocky Top the last time you were on here. I know you didn't go to the University of Tennessee. I got that wrong before. But you are a UT Vols fan, given where you grew up in East Tennessee. They're having a pretty good year. Uh, so when I heard that guy that's the coach, and I don't know what his name is, the new coach. Josh Heifel. Yeah, he, I thought – I thought that that guy sounded like he was from like La Follette or somewhere. He 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 sounded like he, they went in Campbell County or somewhere and found this guy, but he's like from South Dakota or somewhere. Well, and he played at Oklahoma. He was a quarterback for Oklahoma that actually was up for the Heisman. So, okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't under know Bob it. Stoops. Okay. Well, see, I, I didn't know that about him. So the, the Volunteers are having a very good year this year. I think it's going to be very tough the way our team's playing for us to even stay in the game when we go down there. So, you know, and it's it's back to the old Kentucky-Tennessee scores, it sounds like. Uh, maybe that's changed. Maybe it hadn't. But um, it just is frustrating. I we'll mean, see how good the balls likes, are this weekend. Nobody likes to get beat by Tennessee. Nobody around here likes to get beat by Tennessee. No. I'll tell you my little story. I went down. I had a buddy that was in graduate well, you don't mind it. You're from there. But I, I had a buddy that was uh, in graduate school down there, and uh, I went down there. We were – they weren't – yeah, they were playing Kentucky. That's right. So we sat in the student section. Okay, so Nayland Stadium, I mean, each seat is about – that wide. I mean, literally. So how wide is it? Our <laughs> listeners can't see the size your of a demonstration. I mean, your bottom cannot fit in that seat. So you really are crunched in with people. Then about three or four of them are, are smoking marijuana through these, um, that squeeze thing. That's, it's like a freaking bicycle pump. So there's dope smoke everywhere. And I'm down in there and it's like, it was like being at a concert, and uh, 
it was a surreal experience. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't go back and do it again, but it was a lot different than being at a game at Commonwealth Stadium. <laughs> Much different. You're, you're kind of nervously laughing as if maybe you were in that crowd or something. No, I, I, I don't sit in the student section. I- <laughs> right, well, this was like when I was 25 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, actually, I'm actually very lucky. I've got uh, one of my best friends. His sister is one of the vice presidents of UT, so my seats are pretty good. You got good ones, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, it's a great place to see a football game because there's a lot of people. Now they're packing the stadium again. They weren't for a lot of years. I neglected to say that Rock is a candidate for the 11th district of city council for Lexington Fayette Urban County government. So, Rock, uh, let's just get right into it. You know, you you you, you had some comments at the the last city council meeting, ruffled, which was last night. Yeah, ruffled a few feathers, couple, and I'm going to say this. Given the last budget that the council approved as irresponsible and just uneducated as it was, it would not surprise me if money was going ever which way because... People who are used to really taking care of the money as if it were their money don't do budgets like the one that they passed, what's it been, three months ago? How long ago was it, Missy? Right. Um, oh, about three months ago, yeah. that, that budget yeah. that we talked about. Okay. Right. So, you know, it, it appears – that there's very little oversight. Lexington Fayette Urban County government has kind of dwelt in its own little cocoon. It's not really, in some ways, it's got its own KRS designation. It's not really part, it's not really a city, it's not really a county. I think they like it that way. One of the things I saw called for the uh, Daniel Cameron to do an audit of the city of Lexington. I have no problem with that. I think that it would be a good idea if you get elected or even if you don't. And I don't know what your race is beginning to look like, whether you are ahead or behind or even. or doesn't really matter until election day. You know, polls don't matter. They don't mean anything. Um. But I, I would have no problem with the whoever does it, the auditor of public accounts, to come in and do a thorough audit of LFUCG, City of Lexington, and all the council members, and all the districts, and all the agencies, and where the money's going, and what it's being spent on, because I'll guarantee you there are almost no controls at all right now. And that is a recipe for not good things happening. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I do think I did wrestle some feathers yesterday. Um, and part of that has to go 
has to deal with the fact that I did do an open records request when I started my campaign. And I did that open records request not to look for uh, improprieties. I went and I wanted to know exactly what people were spending the money on. So I would know what I would be spending the money on. And, you know, each council member is given a neighborhood fund and they're also given a cost fund. You know, the cost fund, you know, you can buy uh, things for your office, stuff like that. You know, your neighborhood fund, you're supposed to do things in the neighborhood. Well, what I found when I did my uh, open records request, which was gone over to me by a member of the council clerk's office in the council clerk's office, sitting beside one of the people's aides who bombarded me last night. So the, that person's aide was sitting beside me, you know. So what they, they pointed out, this is exactly where they're taking the money. Now, it's not, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Doesn't matter. But like I said last night, I told my youngest son, Bennett, if somebody walks in our house and is visiting our home and takes a dollar off our kitchen table, they might as well go upstairs and take $5,000 out of my safe, you know, because it doesn't matter, like you said. You know, they are taking money. They are spending it on other things. But what I said was some members of the Urban County Council. I did not say all members. So that's when I got bombarded by one of the members, Susan Lamb, came after me. You know, and she said that, you know, that I went after her integrity and that, you know, she had integrity and honor. I didn't say that she was the one. I just asked that they do an independent audit. So when somebody... When somebody reacts that way, I know I've hit a nerve. And it doesn't, I'm not saying that about her or anybody else, but when you start shining the light on something that people are used to keeping in the dark, which I would say is kind of the whole way the budgeting thing even gets done, in LFUCG, you're going to get people get mad because they don't like, and they're going to throw out uh, uh, personal attacks. They're going to say things that are going to uh, sound as if they are backed into a corner. When these things start happening it's a symptom in my experience of a dysfunction that you're putting your finger on and starting to push on doesn't mean she or anybody else did anything wrong it's that the system is dysfunctional and she and maybe others don't like you poking into it because somehow they've been able to do pretty good with this level of dysfunction and, you know, keep their jobs and, you know, do what they're doing. And they like it that way. They don't want to fix it. If they wanted to fix it, she'd be standing up at every meeting saying, you know, we can't do stuff like this. But I stood there at that meeting and talked about how poor that budget was, and they all acted like, what are you talking about? Absolutely. It's like it went right over their head. Absolutely. I mean, the only two people that voted against it were Richard Maloney and David Kloiber. That's it. 
That's it. And so, you know, the fact that you, you put your finger on something tells me there's something wrong. And, and, and the, the reaction of these people is not necessarily self-indicting, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a symptom of the dysfunctional system over there. Well, you know, part of what she said was, you know, these people are good people. The people that I serve with on this city council are good people. Well, you know, everybody uh, that was friends with Bernie Madoff thought he was a great guy, too, up until the point that they found out that he took all their money. Actually, he was, in some ways, a really good guy because on the way out, he wanted to take $200 million of his own money and distribute it to his employees. He was thinking course it wasn't his money it was the money that had come from his clients but the the you know the i mean i'm sure he wanted to be remembered as a generous guy you know more like a robin hood take from the rich and give to other rich people but i just think that uh you have to keep it up you don't seem to be worried or phased by uh, people reacting negatively to things that you say, it'll all come out whether somebody's, you know, look at the things they've said about Trump. I mean, my gosh, and 99% of it, it's false. Now, does he harm himself by reacting the way he does and, and doing this and that? Absolutely. He's his own worst enemy. But, you know, it'll all come out. Russiagate was not true. And th- if you just kind of came up with something and it wasn't right, all you got to do is have somebody look at it and say, no, they've been doing it the right way, and it'll all blow over. It wasn't. Well, that's that's all they had to say last night instead yeah. of coming after me personally. Yeah. All they had to say was, you know what? This guy's a complete liar. Let's run an audit. Let's run an audit and let's yeah. prove that he's a liar. It's the last thing they want to do. They right don't want to run an audit because they know that the receipts are missing. They don't have, you know, half of the documentation. The only person who really does, Fred Brown was amazing. Like looking at his, it's obvious that that guy was a CPA. You know, everything was in line. Uh, Richard Maloney and David Kloiber, they gave uh, most of their money right back to the neighborhoods. Uh, but there were a couple, and I didn't say that all of them, but there were a couple and hopefully they look into it because it might be advantageous for me if they find out which couple it might be. But there were a couple that were taking money and spending it on personal items. You know, it doesn't make it make that doesn't surprise me one bit. No, not at all. And it's like they had their had their card going through Kroger, buying just stuff for them to eat that day, and then going back again two days later and doing the same thing. It's not your personal credit card. Leave that card at the office. Use your own money. The problem is half of these people don't have jobs. You know, the only job they have is the part-time job at city council, making, what, 35000 a year. So. How hard is it to, to do a city, uh, do an audit of a city budget? Just curious. What, what's the, what's the. Shouldn't be that hard. What's the criteria and who does it? Who, who is well, the entity? Is it supposed to be, uh, it should be the. The auditor of public accounts, state auditor, uh, it's going to be probably in the treasurer's office, or it might be a separate, uh, you'd have to look that up. But they've done audits for years. I remember every little water district in eastern Kentucky was getting audited at one point because they th- there was graft going on. And I mean, you know, you talk Kentucky politics, you're talking graft. I mean, it, it has happened. Mm-hmm. It, it's been known to happen. And, uh, 
So uh, I think the 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 problem with Lexington. Here we go. Auditor of Public Accounts, Kentucky. So that's a guy named Mike Harmon, and uh, he is. Uh, so July 25th, 2022, Auditor Mike Harmon's administration gets highest rating from external peer review for third consecutive time. This guy's good. He's the Auditor of Public Accounts, KY.gov, Mike Harmon. I hope he's listening. Maybe we'll send him a, you know, I think he I sent can, him a tweet last night. So you knew who it was. Oh, yeah. All right, the, the, the point is, can he just decide, I think I want to audit this, or does somebody have to make a formal request? That I don't know. I mean, I, I, I sent it to him. Um, I, I think we have to make a formal request. But, I mean, for city council, they should be able to do an independent investigation on themselves, which doesn't take much. It's not much more than doing the open records request and reviewing everything. I was told when I sat down with the member, and I don't want to say the person in the clerk's office because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I was told that um, when they did my open records request because of that, there will be ethics, whether it's a class or something that council is going to have to go through because of this. And it just amazes me that members of council were unaware that that open records request ever occurred. That's the auditor, uh, this is KRS. It looks like section 43.050. The auditor constitutes an agency independent of the administrative departments enumerated in KRS 1202. It being the policy of the general assembly to provide for the independent auditing of the accounts financial transactions and performance of all spending agencies of the state through a disinterested auditor. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be free of politics, free of uh, any sort of um, um, administration. That's why they vote for them separately. They're not appointed by the governor. That's an elected office. Well, you can see why transparency is so important because it's like how the government uses the public purse is pretty fundamental to our trust in those that we have in leadership positions, right? Absolutely. I mean, we need to have transparency all across Lexington, you know. Couldn't and so and that goes for some other agencies and we're going to hopefully be able to do a show on one of those the, the other big one. But I don't want to really get into it right now. I am going to ask you in the second half of this hour, you know, if you do get elected, uh how you would deal with certain other issues that I've got just a few I'd like to talk to you about. Um, okay. So, uh, now let's see if you get elected and I've had you on the show twice. Can you help me get really good UK basketball tickets? What in <laughs> why, the world? Why? Because rep arena is in my district. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I can, I can get you some over at Thompson bowling arena though, <laughs> if you need one. 
It's a joke. I was not Com- completely. Was Here, not, this guy was, is talking about ethics, not, and you start was, hitting him up for tickets. Really? It was a joke. And what do we say about your jokes? They're not funny. They're not uh, funny. Uh, but no, seriously, I do. <laughs> That's a joke. Where's your I, ringtone now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can. I can. The, the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, what's going to happen is <laughs> that you will have people that. Listen, if you run on the kind of platform you're running on, which is very non-clubby, sort of outsider coming in, once you if you do bust through there, you'll be like an outsider that got through. You'll have a lot of freedom, you know, and you'll kind of be a little bit of a rock star. That's awesome. <laughs> I found my sound and, and, and Here's the thing. If if you get elected and you act like you don't know me, <laughs> like the guy that got elected for governor did, I'm not gonna be happy. I don't I, I won't don't, forget you. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. It's not no, not I'm just talking about saying hello. That's all I that's all I care. I don't go at I don't try to get favors. And he's going to come on the radio show. I don't try to get favors. It's a joke. No, I'm just saying, don't get the big head. Your jokes aren't funny. We got to go. You're listening (laughs) to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton and Rock Daniel. We will be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During bear markets, investors lose hope. Selling of both bonds and stocks seems at times indiscriminate. Part of that is because short sellers dominate. These are people who actually profit from stocks and bonds going down, not up. At times like this, it makes sense to look at your portfolio and dig deeply into research. Is it possible that some things you'd considered buying are really on sale right now. At Dupree Financial Group, we do equity research in bear markets as well as bull. If you would like for us to examine your investment portfolios and make recommendations, call us for a no-obligation review at 859-233-0400. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. Jimmy Driftwood wrote this thing. Hello there. One, two, three. Four, five, six. Do we want to try a break? Now, now your fiddle break comes right after I get back and whoop her brother and her paw and sing a chorus. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah. Now, that is about as pretty a bass line as I've heard played in something in a long time. I've complimented that boy back there. That's a horse's foot in the gravel, man. That ain't train. <laughs> Running through a ford in the creek. <laughs> Want to try one, Doc? Let's see if we can put down a take. Where's the harmony at? Right here?
Along about 1825, I left Tennessee very much alive. And I never would have got through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been a rutting that Tennessee stud. I had some trouble with my sweetheart's paw, and one of her brothers was a bad outlaw. I sent her a letter by my uncle Foot, then I rode away on the Tennessee stud. The Tennessee stud was long and lean, the color of the sun and his eyes were green. He had the nerve and he had the blood, and there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Our guest this week is Rock Daniels. Rock is the candidate for the 11th District City Council seat for the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government. And he's just gotten a new name. I, you Tennessee know. Stud. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's your name, baby. That is going to be your name going into my, the. My wife is going to kill you. <laughs> this, by the way, is the Doc Watson Nitty Gritty Dirt Band version. That was on the Will the Circle Be Unbroken album, recorded in Nashville and released in 1972. And, uh, you know, the guy you heard in the background just then was John McEwen of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And they hadn't even been around that long. I mean, maybe at the time, six or seven years. So... Anyway, okay, Mr. Tennessee Stud, uh, Rock. <laughs> you know, it, it actually is not a bad name for you. No. No. You, you won't even guess what profession my wife thought I uh, had when she first met me and found out my name was Rock Daniels. <laughs> it's going to be all right. For res- wrestling. Yes, 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 wrestling. That was okay, that. well, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> yeah. All right, but anyway, um, so – I guess the the thing that, you know, I've studied this local government and its finances for more time than I care to admit. Um, and because I, I almost now, as I look back, I think that there may have been some desire on the part of the founders of the uh, See, they, they, they entered into a big experiment because it used to be Fayette County and Fayette City or Lexington City government, and there were we, had, we were just a normal county like all the rest of them. We had a county judge that actually had powers, ran the county government, and actually had a budget. And then we had, uh, we had uh, a city government, and they each had their own police force and that kind of thing. And one, typically the county uh, police force was, or I'm sorry, the county government was conservative and typically Republican. The Lexington mayor and uh, government was more left-wing Democrat. Wasn't left, Democrat wasn't left-wing back then. Today... They're all merged together. It's one government. It's all pretty woke, and 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 it it doesn't have a, a supposedly there's no party affiliation, but it would be overwhelmingly Democrat if there were because that's the way people in this county tend to think. So you don't really have any pushback coming 
between county and government and city government, there's no, um, there is no, uh, nobody's giving the other side pushback. I almost think knowing who some of the original, uh, putters together of the LFUCG were and what their affiliations were that they might have had in the back of their mind. If we set it up like this, we'll be able to sort of escape some scrutiny and indeed, what has occurred has been an escaping of scrutiny for, for many years. And so the chickens are beginning to come home to roost. There's a lot of things that are not functioning properly about this. One of them is the uh, Police and Firemen's Pension Fund. I don't really need to get into that right now. That could be about five shows uh, right there. But you've, you've got the uh, lots of other things and and basically what we've seen with this latest budget is that there are effectively no checks and balances within our local government there's no when 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 the council which is supposedly the legislative side decides to do this or do that there's not another agency that says no you can't do that that's out of the realm of thing. A lot of your people that used to be down there that would say, this is not advisable. They're gone now. You know, the mayor replaced them. And so she's got her own people in there that are always going to go along. So there are no checks and balances within the system. Consequently, those are going to have to be reconstituted and under the current structure, it, there, there's not an institutional way to do it. It's going to have to be done by people of goodwill who come in that have a conscience and that behave in a conscientious fashion to say this is wrong. Now, you've stepped up and said you want to do it. That's why we're giving you time on this radio show because this is precious time. There's people that want to be on here that I don't invite on because I don't think they're, you know, it's not that I don't like them or anything strategically i see that it's would be not as effective as having somebody like you on i care about this city i mean look i'm invested down here people come down there you think i'm gonna leave right now just because there's bullets flying on each end of main street hell no well bullets flying and homeless sleeping all over our streets i mean the thing of it is i care about this city and i know that to reconstitute it in a fashion that it's going to be smart and wise it could take beyond my left my remaining days here on the earth i mean you know it's going to be a long-term deal but sometimes things have to get so bad that they're about to break before somebody and i don't believe anybody over there at city hall thinks it's that bad yet well they should you know and, and like you said i mean we need to have a system of checks and balances you know we need to make sure that there is greater transparency um, and, they, and they're not doing that. You know, we, they passed this budget, which, I mean, of course, you went down there and you spoke against the budget. Uh, uh, Richard Maloney and David Kloiber voted against the budget. But you also have to look at who is voting on the budget. You know, we've got a lot of people who did a lot of good work, I guess, in nonprofit. But th- we don't have a lot of business people, you know, people with business acumen down there who can look at a budget and say, hey, wait, this is good for today, but it is not good for the future. You know, we've got people who have literally filed for bankruptcy 
that are, that are down there. People whose businesses have been shut down by the secretary of state, you know? So if your if your business is shut down by the secretary of state, I don't think that you can run almost a half a billion dollar budget. It's a half a billion dollar budget because they approved everything that, you know, it shouldn't be that much. Probably it should be closer to 400 million. Well, and, and what they don't look at is what are the recurring costs that they're creating that are going to keep going over and over again? You know, we've already had a mayor sit up there and say, we might have to raise taxes. All right. There are three ways that we can make up the money. One, we've got to attract companies to come in to bring their jobs and their payroll taxes. And there's not one company in this country who wants to come to Lexington right now because we are a war zone. All right. Nobody wants to bring jobs to a place that's not safe. You know, so the second way that we can we can cure this is by laying off people. Do we want to do that? No. And the third way is by increasing taxes. Well, I'll tell you this. We just got back from Houston, Texas. Now, that has a much better government there than we do. And they're worried there. They've had carjackings in plain day. You know, people, the hotels are. It's happening in other places. I will say that in the mayor's defense, but that's other places are not. In fact, they even have a website down there called stop Houston murders.com. And they're trying to recall liberal judges who let the criminals back out after a day or so. So this is going on in the, one of the largest cities in the country, maybe number four three or four in the country, Houston, Texas, the same thing's happening. It's not just here, but I don't care about other places. I'm not going to compare myself and say, well, it's, it's crimes bad everywhere and use that as something to hide behind. I care about my city. I don't want excuses about it's going on elsewhere. And that's what we get from this current administration. Well, the big thing with, uh, public safety right now is one, we're 115 police officers short, and we need police officers on the street, walking the beat, talking to neighbors, establishing the bonds of trust. Because when the police chief gets up there and says that he needs to have cooperation from the neighbors and from citizens and appreciation, you do not get cooperation from people in these neighborhoods until you have established these bonds of trust. The other thing that's going on is we are 118 corrections officers short. All right, we got a new uh, lead man at the uh, jail. But you're 118 corrections officers short. So where you used to be able to house uh, 1,300 inmates, you're now housing 1,000 inmates on the weekends. And the judges and prosecutors, they know that they can only house this many. And that's why they're bonding out violent offenders over and over again. If you want to stop crime, then when somebody has a violent offense, you keep their butt in jail, period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Here's another thing. You know, I want to talk about um, the road system in Fayette County is not adequate to handle the kind of traffic that we need for this to be the type of city that we need it to be to generate the kind of business and the tax base that we need to have here. Have you looked at the road system? Have you thought about it? Is is, is that it occurred to you? And do you have any thoughts on the matter? Well, the main thing that I think that needs to happen with, with this road system is, I mean, I think we have a good system in the sense that we are a wheel with many spokes. Yep. I mean, I think well, we don't have an interstate going through downtown. We, every major city in our region 
in every state around us does. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that we need to make sure that on New Circle Road, you can travel 50 miles an hour the entire time on New Circle Road. I don't know how you make that happen because I am not a traffic engineer. but It's nuts. But to, to say that when you get to the north side of town, you slow down to 20 miles an hour is crazy. And it's true. Yeah. Especially when there's a lot of traffic. And I make a purpose. When I take my dogs out to the uh, dog park at uh, Coldstream, a lot of times I'll turn left and go back uh, through New Circle Road. Uh, it, I stop. I'll stop at that place out on North Broadway. I bought some diesel out there this morning. You know, it's it's an interesting deal. I mean, I, I like the people in every part of this city, especially on the north side. I don't live on the north side. I know there's a lot of difficulty in different parts of this town. I have empathy for them. It, I kind of like the fact that that New Circle does slow down out there because I'm always looking at what's going on. But I think you're right. We should be able to do the whole deal. And that's very antiquated and not very helpful. Yeah, you should you should be able to travel 50 miles an hour the entire way and then just get off, you know, like like an expressway almost. It should be. Well, it is an expressway, the rest of it. Well, it, it all should be an expressway. And then that way traffic will move faster. And, you know, the other thing is at some point we were going to synchronize all the traffic lights in Lexington. They're still working on it. You know, I think they've been working on it for 10 years. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have all the traffic They're lights. They're not synchronized. I can tell you absolutely for a not. fact. I used, not. I used to live over in O2, and I would drive out to Brandon Crossing to get my oil changed. At 530 in the morning, I would leave Chevy Chase. And I would drive down Nicholasville Road, and I would hit 14 traffic lights. There's nobody on the road. Nobody's coming. It just turns red arbitrarily. So you, you want to think about a green city. How much, how much energy are we wasting, if you want to think green? It's a good Second, point. How much time am I wasting that I could be at my destination? I could be spending it with my family. I could be making more money. Why were you going out to Brandon? Because my buddy owns the SNS tires. Oh, hey, you know okay. what? I support my friends and their businesses. That's good. So well, that's so, a, a fuel thing and an environmental thing and everything else. The fuel you burn sitting at those lights. And absolutely. now I want to go back to law enforcement. I agree. Luther Deaton was on this show. You are. I agree uh, that people should support the police chief and the things like that. But I don't. I, I, I do think that the police chief at least appears to me to be overly beholden to the administration. He sort of comes to this council meetings almost apologetic in a sense, worried that they're going to, you know, ask him these probing questions. I think my police chief that I would want in there would be a little cockier and say, you want to come do my job? You come do it instead well, the of problem is, instead of apologizing to the council. Well, about, the problem is, you know, we all have to realize that the police chief serves at the pleasure of the mayor. She fires him. She hires him. You know, that's, you know what? That'd be fine. Let her appoint me. You want to fire me? Great. You let your city do this. They got more power than they think they do, and they should use it. Yes, and be willing to take risks. In trying to enforce, it's a risky job. If I were the police chief, and I would consider serving as a police chief if I were properly trained, you'd have guys 
crawling all over themselves to work for me. You know why? Because they would know I would have their back. 100% of the time. And that's, I'd have and their that's back. what they need. That's what they need. Now I th- I'm not ever going to roll them under the bus. If a guy gets rolled under the bus on one of my officers that's doing something in the line of duty, it's going to be me. I'm his guy. I'm not, I'm not going to throw my guy under the bus just because I'm afraid of losing my job. Well, I'm the not other saying thing is, that that's the way this guy thinks. No, 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 but no, they no. wouldn't do that. No, Chief, Chief Weathers is. A, I mean, I think he's a great guy, and I think he has the best interest of our wonderful police department here in Lexington. But you've also got to look at. We've had five people shot. We've had five police officers shot. You know, we but should this be screaming this year. We should be screaming at the top of our lungs again. Unbelievable. Who wants to be a police officer in Lexington? What to get paid forty forty eight thousand dollars a year is what they get paid. They almost they are they are a, a smidge away from a uh, being qualified they for would affordable if they were housing. Working for me because I, I'm gonna tell you something. You've got to instill some kind of uh, something that's even more than money. It's got to be something bigger than that. And and you know what I, I'll tell you. Hey, Rock, shine the light on that homeless story that you were telling earlier. That's that's oh, one that needs to be story. told. we okay, got about so, four minutes. All right, so uh, this Tuesday at the council work session uh, at City Hall, uh, the commissioner of housing, Charlie Lanter, got up and spoke, and he was talking about how they did a study where they found that 35 homeless people were out on the streets and they weren't being serviced by any of the homeless shelters. Um, no one on council asked any questions about this data, you know, and I went to pharmacy school and part of pharmacy school, as I said, in the council meeting the other day was, you know, I took a drug, drug interactions course. And part of that was verifying. You always verify, you know, I went before council and I said, Hey, do any of you know what day that this study was taken where they found 35 and none of them knew. I asked, well, did you, do you know how many hotel beds were being paid for by city council and other organizations during this count? None of them knew. And to, in all fairness, Steve K said, we are not in the position of reply, you know, replying to you. And I thought, okay, that didn't, I think, you know, it was so, you were asking an honest question. You, you were actually shining a light on the fact, do you know that to be able to answer that question? Because I don't yeah. think that they could. Oh, they absolutely couldn't. So what they didn't know was the same night that they tried to say that uh, forty uh, that thirty five uh, homeless uh, were on the street, there were actually two hundred and forty six beds being paid for, by, partly by LFUCG and the one point four million dollars that they uh, put allocated for it, and other organizations like the Rescue, Lexington Rescue Mission and the Catholic Action Center. They had purchased uh, some of these beds. To me, that was very deceitful. Um, I know that if that was my employee, well, it's a shell game. Well, yeah, I mean, and and who who's hurt in the end? Homeless people. Homeless people. People that people because they're not getting an accurate count of what's actually going on to be able to help them the best way they can help. Them. And when you have great organizations like the Ezekiel Foundation who are trying to provide temporary housing for homeless in our city, and they are just asking for a minor bit of funding to make this happen because. The cold weather's coming. This next week, we've got three days in a row that's going to be under 32 degrees. You know, there will be people that freeze to death. They had confirmed last year at least three people froze to death in Lexington. I don't know if you guys remember a couple months ago, we had a homeless person who was found in the recycling center where they were in a dumpster, sleeping in a dumpster. You know, is this the kind of city we are? You know, we are a city that we love each other, you know. 
we need to do more for these people who cannot do for themselves. But to be able to do, we've got to have a fair representation of what's going on and not have it messed with by putting them in rooms so they can't be counted. Anyway, all right, we're going to have to wrap it up for this hour and this week. Thanks for listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We've had Rock Daniels, Missy Clifton, and our host, Tom Dupree. We appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next week. We drifted on down into no man's land. We crossed that river called the Rio Grande. I raced my horse with the Spaniard's pole till it got me a skin full of silver and gold. Me and the gambler, we couldn't agree. We got in a fight over Tennessee. We jerked our guns and he fell with a thud And I got away on the Tennessee stud